Hi, and thanks so much for joining another episode of Loving This Mama Life podcast. I'm Jamie, and this podcast is all about my experience as a first-time mom. Before we start today's episode, I have a couple of disclaimers. First of all, I'm not a medical expert. I have no experience in the medical field. So anything I talk about nutritionally or medically that I have done with my child has just been what worked best for him and my family. Please speak with your doctor and pediatrician and with anything regarding your child's health. Secondly, you know your baby best. There's no judgment here. If you disagree with what I say or you think what I say is silly, you can fast forward past it or you can go on to the next episode that you find interesting. It's okay. You know your baby best. And along the same lines, I would hope that you don't, you are not judgmental of me towards what I do for my baby because I know my child best and I know my family best. So no judgment here. It's just strictly tips and tricks and what worked for me and just my experience. If you're interested in more information, please check out the show notes. I post Amazon affiliate links there to everything that I talked about. I also have a blog that you should check out, lovingthismamalife.com. And you can find me on Instagram at underscore lovingthismamalife and on Facebook at Loving This Mama Life. Hey guys, this podcast is all about sleep. Sweet, sweet, sweet sleep. Oy, oy, oy. You know, when I, I thought the hardest thing about having a baby, honestly, I was so naive before I had kids, is everyone said that you don't sleep. And I thought it was just because they wake up a lot which is true because in the middle of the night they wake up a lot because they want to eat but it's so much more than that in my case i'd never i mean during the day they used to say sleep when baby sleeps but the only time he would nap during the day in the first two months was with, was if i was holding him either after he had a bottle and i was holding him on the couch or if i was holding him, laying with him on my chest, or if I was rocking him in the rocking chair. That was it as far as naps. And nighttime sleep, we had the hardest time getting him to sleep because all the stuff that I read said, you need to put baby on a schedule. Baby needs to be on it, like start building like a sleep routine and a sleep schedule. Even, I mean, most of the stuff that I had seen said when they're super early, you can't even put them on a schedule. Like it's just, you do whatever you need to do to get them to sleep. But it was still important to have some sort of routine in the picture. So we, uh, my husband and I were so naive in thinking like we'd wake up for the morning and just plan out how the day would go. You know, we, he woke up at seven for the day and so two hours later we'd do a bottle and then a nap and then two hours later we'd do another bottle and then a nap and then we we scheduled that out all the way till the evening thinking okay we'll put him down for the night at seven well we were lucky if he was asleep for the night by 10 or 11 because we would try and give him a bath and 
put him down in his in his bassinet or in the rock and play in our room we we uh we would try and rock him to sleep first so we'd be sitting that sitting in the nursery just rocking 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 in the rocking chair sometimes for hours and he would just scream and scream and scream and scream and come to find out that he had a lot of um tummy issues like a lot of gas issues so we started giving him gas drops and that seemed to help some but we went to our pediatrician a bunch of times and the pediatrician just threw out the word colic and I feel like colic is just uh, something they throw out there when they can't come up with another reason it's just like a catch-all for everything oh your baby cries a lot they have colic oh your baby's fussy they have colic oh my god our doctor kept saying it's probably colic and kept telling us colic the definition of colic is crying under like crying for essentially for unknown reason for three hours or more at a time which our kid definitely did but i refused to believe it was colic (laughs) So we uh, we finally kind of got him on a bit of a system as far as um, having a rock and play in our room that he slept pretty great in. Um, we started off with him swaddled and he f- would fuss so much that I figured, oh, he doesn't like the swaddle, which was my first excuse, which was my first problem because I've come to learn now that this regardless of how much they fuss and squirm and fight the swaddle it's the best thing for them and I recommend to everyone that I know who has a baby on the way or a newborn swaddle 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 even if they try and wiggle their arms out double swaddle swaddle (laughs) it it honestly was was a godsend to us so some initially we started off trying to swaddle him and he would try and wiggle his way out and fight his way out so I figured he doesn't like the swaddle so we would put him in his rock and play unswaddled and just sort of gently like wrap like a little blanket around him and at nighttime he would last probably maybe two hours and then wake up to eat and then two hours and wake up to eat and some nights um when we didn't have him swaddled he wouldn't even fall asleep so we would usually give him a bath give him his final bottle we had um an one of the things that I had um registered for for my shower and is the best thing that I ever got was the Owlet's uh, Smart Sock for sleeping. It's pretty expensive, so not a lot of people are are able to afford it, which is fine. It's definitely not a necessity, but for me, it gave me a lot of peace of mind. It's a little um, sensor that uh, goes in like a fabric sock, and it Velcros onto their to their foot at night, and it measures, and you could use it during naps too. We never did. I just used it for nighttime, but it measures their their heart rate and their blood oxygen level. So it's set for a specific range, and it'll there's a base station that goes in your bedroom, and then it also syncs up to an app on your phone. So if the levels go outside of if the baby's levels go outside of the normal levels, the base station will give you like a little alarm and there's a 
a light around it that pulses green if everything's okay and if it's not it'll pulse red and make a noise and it'll alert you on your on the apps on your phone too so it's it's pretty neat but we would use that to figure out when um to check his heart rate to see when it was low and he was actually asleep so we'd give him a bath give him his final bottle I'd rock him in the rocking chair or my husband would sometimes swaddled sometimes not and once he was like asleep asleep we'd come into the bedroom and open up the app on our phone and check to see when his heart rate was like in like the the one teens like between 110 and 120 because that was pretty low and then once he got to that point, I'd super, I'd turn the rock and play on because we had like an automatic rock and play that rocked. The only downside about that is once they start to sleep longer, it only stays the automatic, the longest it goes for is six hours. So you got to wake up and restart it (laughs) for it to keep going. (laughs) But, um, so we would check his pulse and see when his pulse was in a good spot. And then I would turn the rock and play on with my foot and sort of rock back and forth holding him as I like gently lowered myself down and put him in there sometimes it would be so frustrating because he would pop back awake and his eyes would pop open immediately and I'm like darn it I have to start all over again but sometimes it would be fine and he would stay asleep and be asleep and then I would go to sleep right away because I knew he'd be up in a couple hours And so he was that way every two hours. And then during the day, we were trying to nap him every two or three hours. And it was just, I felt like a prisoner in my house. Because literally, he would only sleep in the rocking chair with me. So I'd take him in the nursery, make it all dark, turn his white noise machine on, and just sit there in the rocking chair and just rock him. I couldn't sleep because I was worried that I'd drop him. So I was just sitting there rocking. I'd just sit there and like, rock him for hours sometimes two hours it was miserable absolutely miserable but I didn't know what else to do because we tried to put him down in the rock and play to nap and he would last 30 minutes nothing longer than 30 minutes ever ever I'd put him in the bedroom in the rock and play 30 minutes I'd put him in the nursery in the rock and play 30 minutes it was terrible and come to find out now that 30 minutes for a newborn is actually a good nap that's actually fine but we were quickly approaching three months and I was due to go back to work and my son was going to daycare and my mom mentioned, you know, you got to do something about these naps because they're not going to rock him to sleep at daycare. They're going to put him down in a crib and expect him to go to sleep. So I was worrying about it and worrying about it. I actually found a couple of sleep specialists through social media and a couple websites that I really like. Um, I'll put the I'll put the link to them in the description for this podcast. But one is taking care of babies. Kara um, is C A R A, and the other is Dream Baby Sleep. They're both really amazing resources. I follow them on Instagram and I follow them on Facebook. And I've um, for taking care of babies. I've bought a couple of their classes for Dream Baby Sleep. I've actually talked, had like some consultant phone calls with them and they've all had really helpful tips. Um, but before I found those guys, a neighbor of mine suggested a, um, a doula slash sleep specialist that she had worked with. 
So I gave her a call and she came over one morning. She asked me what time my son usually woke up for the day and it was usually about 7, 7.30 as he was still waking up for night feedings at this point. So she came over and um, was going to help me figure out his first his first morning nap in the crib and the first thing I learned is at three months old in her based off of her research and her opinion it should they should only be awake for like an hour and 10 minutes until it's time for them to nap again which I was waiting like an hour and a half two hours so I was already waiting too long and so she came over at about 7 30 he'd been up at seven and I sort of explained to her what we've been doing. We've been trying to do naps in the crib. We put him in a like swaddle me sleep sack uh, where the arms velcroed and he would just sit there and kick his legs and just like wake himself up or keep himself awake or whatever. So she had a great, great, great suggestion that I never would have thought of if I hadn't have had her come over. And what she ended up having us, she showed me how to do for his first nap. So we put him in his swaddle me sleep sack and then we got a swaddle blanket, like a Muslim swaddle blanket and double swaddled it around him and actually tied the bottom of that second swaddle to the, to the crib slats because he was three months old. He wasn't rolling over. He wasn't turning on his side. He was completely swaddled on his back. So I felt comfortable enough doing it and it prevented him from kicking his legs too much and it kept him like super duper swaddled in a nice tight swaddle and much to my surprise he slept we had the baby monitor on and she and I she showed me how to put him down and she suggested you know swaddle him up and rock him a little bit and and shush use the shushing noise and you have the white noise machine and she suggested once his eyes start you know, doing the heavy blink, then you uh, take him into his crib and lay him down, tie the swaddle, and then turn out the lights. And so we shut the door and we uh, watched him on the baby monitor and it was amazing. He kind of fussed and fussed and fussed and then he fell asleep on his own. And then we were watching at the 30 minute mark and sure enough, he woke up but he actually put himself back to sleep. So for that first nap, he slept for like an hour and 15 minutes, which was amazing. And then she asked if I wanted, uh, the sleep specialist asked if I wanted him, her to stay for his next nap. So I said, sure. Uh, I was paying for all of this, obviously, but I said, yes. And so she, uh, we got him up when he woke up, changed his diaper, gave him a bottle, hung out with him for a little while. And by, sure enough, like an hour and 10 minutes later, we went to put him down again. And she had me do it this time. And I got him in a clean diaper, got him all swaddled up, turned his white noise machine on, and we left. And 30 minutes later, he woke up, but he put himself right back to sleep again. And then she was like, well, he seems to be doing great. Let me know how things are going. And she left and he slept for two hours. And he did that amazingly the rest of the day. So two days later, my husband said, why don't we try and put him in there at night? And I was like, no, 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 I don't know. But he said, you know, we have the outlet sock on him. We have the baby monitor. Let's try it. So we did. And he did 
amazing. He did so amazing. He woke up like at that point, I think he was waking up two or three times to eat. And when he would like full cry to wake up, we'd go in there. And even though most things say not to change them unless their their diaper is dirty, I'd change him anyway because I figured I was in there anyway. So I'd go in there, change his diaper, re-swaddle him up really quick, lay in the rock, sit in the rocking chair with him, give him his bottle, and as soon as he finished, give him like a quick little one, a couple quick little burps over my shoulder, lay him right back down, tie his swaddle back on, and close the door. And he would go right back to sleep. It was so awesome. And he, he's still such an awesome sleeper. Um, at about probably five months. No, maybe. Yeah, probably about five months. I noticed that he was he started turning on his side and in, in the tied swaddle. So we knew at that point it was time to untie the swaddle. We kept him... We kept him double-armed swaddled for a little while longer, but we took the, the tide, the second swaddle off so that he could move around. And then when he actually started a full-on f- turn on his side, I knew that it was time to, to get out of the swaddle, which was made me really nervous because I'd heard a lot of horror stories about people who had to stop swaddling. So what we ended up doing is we just we would swaddle him with just one arm out, and that way he still had the security of it, but if he were to turn over, he could still push himself up off the mattress. And we did that for about maybe a week or two weeks. We did that for all of his night sleep at home and his naps at home. Daycare, we had asked them to swaddle him, but honestly, I'm not even sure they did swaddle him. And uh, after two nights of one hour out, then we switched to, we, we would wrap the swaddle around his chest and we left both arms out. It was a little bit of a challenge for him to fall asleep because he had, his arms were just flailing around. He didn't know what to do with him. But once he did fall asleep, he was, he slept great. And now, and once we transitioned out of the, 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 uh, swaddle, we just switched to an, to a halo sleep sack and he still sleeps in that now at, at 10 months. And it's great when for bedtime, we do his bath, we give him a bottle. I walk outside with him for a couple minutes because he's, as a a super young infant, he suffered from acid reflux. And so I always feel like after I give him a bottle, I want him just to be upright just a little bit. So I'll walk out in the front yard and we'll look at the trees and we'll look at the birds and we'll look at the cars just for like five or ten minutes. And then I'll take him in the nursery and I read him anywhere between one and three books, depending on how tired he is. Sometimes he'll just do one or sometimes two or sometimes all three. And then um, we'll, uh, my husband comes in and we'll put, him, put his sleep sack out on the changing table and he gets excited as soon as we put him in that because he knows he's going to sleep and we put on his white noise machine and we dim the lights down and he starts laughing and kicking his legs he loves to sleep it's amazing and then we lay him on his back in his crib and give him kisses and say good night and then walk shut turn off the light white noise is already on we have blackout curtains on uh, his two windows and uh, shut the door 
and then keep an eye on him on the monitor. He's able to stand in this crib now. So last weekend, my husband had to lower it to the lowest setting, to the lowest level, his mattress. So he'll stand up and bounce around for a few minutes and roll around the crib and crawl to one end and then bounce on that side and then crawl the other end and bounce on that side. But probably usually within 15, 20 minutes, he's sound asleep. And I'm actually looking at him right now, sound asleep in his crib. And uh, one thing that we had also gotten once we took him out of the swaddle is they they make mesh crib liners. You're not supposed to put bumpers in the crib because they can suffocate on them and they're dangerous for them. But they actually make um, um, these breathable mesh liners that you can weave in and out of um, the crib slats. And the reason why I wanted to get that is one night I had, uh, we woke up to him like cry, screaming and it's cause he had rolled on his stomach and, and put his arm out the crib slat and sort of bent it and then went to pull it back and couldn't, couldn't get it back in. So in order to prevent that, I put the, I put the mesh liner on there. So he was like sort of cocooned in there, which I thought I felt helped for a while. But now that he's able to stand up and move around, I just took the mesh liners off when we lowered his mattress. And so far, so good. He's, some nights I'll look at him and he's sticking his arm sticking out the side, but he's able to pull it back fine. And since he's in the sleep sack, his feet don't really get stuck out the slats either, really, because they're in the, the sleep sack. So, And he still has his outlet sock on. And I like to, every now and then, I'll just check in and see... What his levels are at it's pretty neat um but yeah so other than that i would i really recommend white noise machine blackout curtains and swaddle 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 even if you think that they don't like the swaddle swaddle anyway because it's in their best it's it's what's best for them and in my experience even if they seem not to like it it's really going to help them sleep better and when they sleep, you sleep. <laughs> my only problem I have with my son now is that he still wakes up. He wakes up at like 530, 545. He uh, initially when he started sleeping in his crib at about three or four months, he was he had maybe two or three night night feedings. He'd just wake up every couple hours. I think initially it was two night feedings. And then he went down to one night feeding and he just did that on his own. We didn't, we were so lucky that we didn't have to wean him off anything. He just started sleeping longer. And then at one point he was, he was waking up at about three, two or three in the morning for his final feeding. And eventually at one point he started just going till five so we'd put him to sleep at six thirty or 7 and he would just go right through a couple nights we woke up to him crying and looked at the clock and went oh my god it's it's five thirty, and I have to leave for to take him to daycare at 7 so it doesn't make sense to get up and feed him and try and put him back to sleep timing wise it just doesn't work the best for us because by the time if he wakes up at 5 30 and I were to try and get up and feed him and put him back to sleep it'd be after six already and I'd have to wake him up by 6 30 anyway to get him all fed and 
situated for daycare so we just deal with the 530 but the neat the neat thing about the great thing about him is that he doesn't wake up screaming in the morning in fact he actually really likes he'll he'll curl up his feet towards his mouth and chew on like either his foot or he'll chew on his little sleep sack but normally we won't really hear him crying he'll just sort of make noise like he'll just sort of chat with himself in the crib or he'll just chew on his little sleep sack and so that keeps him quiet he's awake but he's just chilling in there so which is nice so I try and keep him in there till six lately I've been pushing it back to like 6 15 my goal is 6 30 um the sleep special both of the sleep specialists I follow say that you should try and aim for a wake for the day no earlier than 6 30 so that's what I'm trying to work towards um since he's not like screaming and like starving then uh he's fine in there just just hanging out and maybe if I'm lucky like this morning he went back to sleep for about 20 30 minutes which is ideally my goal so yeah that's that's my sleep story so now we get a I usually try and because he wakes up so early I try and go to bed by 8 30 or 9 to get a good solid night's sleep so anywho that is that's my story on sleep hope hopefully it helps someone and you guys are you guys are getting some good sleep also have a great week thanks for listening thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode i hope you enjoyed it and you found it helpful if you want more details please feel free to check out the show notes i have some amazon affiliate links there to the products that i spoke about have a wonderful day